Okay, guys, welcome back to episode 35 of the BJJ 101 Storing Podcast. Today, we have another amazing guest in Michael Gothard. Now, Michael, we know you here from Gaha. You trained here for a massive period of time. Um, you're also now a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, Eduardo's back here again. I'm back here again. Um, but we always start with just like a simple question, and I'd just like to get you to introduce yourself, tell the people who you are, and then also like you know talk a little bit about your upbringing your your trajectory in life and where you kind of first collided or were introduced to martial arts um so yeah first first thanks for having me guys it's like saying to eduardo it's like putting an old t-shirt on coming down here it's yeah it's awesome to be here um so yeah i'm probably tell by my accent i'm not from australia <laughs> uh originally from yorkshire in in yeah. england I moved over here when i was 29 uh, got into jiu-jitsu probably ooh, 2004 uh, for a couple of years. Started off boxing at my friend's MMA gym. Yeah. Um, they were The gym I was at, real well-known on the UK scene. Uh, they had a grappler there called Lee Remedios. Yeah. He was the first UK guy in the UFC for okay. Genki Sudo. I don't know if you remember him. Um, so, yeah, I started off boxing. Um they were MMA fighters, so I did a couple of uh, jiu-jitsu classes. I remember getting triangled, didn't know what it was to start <laughs> with. I'm like, man, he's just... That guy's just choked me with his legs, what's he doing? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, training them guys for a bit. Um, then, didn't really take it too serious. Trained for about a year, maybe a bit longer. Um, then, came over here when I was 29. Uh, at the time, I was quite unfit. In my early 30s and i started getting fit again wanting to yeah. lose weight getting in shape and i thought well i need to do something that i'm i enjoy something i'm interested in mm. i remember i loved jujitsu when i did it yeah. um boxing i also loved but i didn't want to get punched in the face anymore <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh so yeah i looked up a few jujitsu gyms i lived in brisbane um so Eduardo, third degree black belt, uh, traditional BJJ gym. I thought, yeah, that's that's, that's one for that's me. That's the place. How old yeah. were you? How old were you, uh, like? How old were you when you first started? Like anything like athletic sports, that type of thing. Because uh, we always talk with a bunch of people, and I always ask this question, and it seems to be like this pattern all the time. Like everybody that's gotten a black belt not everybody but for the most part a large majority of them have got like some like ingrained discipline from doing other sports like early on so did you do anything like when you were way younger or your first introduction was boxing yeah first was boxing in my 20s but um before that I played rugby league uh, okay. part of england where i'm from it's real strong rugby league area yeah um probably bigger than soccer okay yeah uh, so i played yeah played rugby league when i was probably 10 to about 12 yeah um didn't i enjoyed it i enjoyed the contact the tackling Mm -hmm. um but as for putting a ball over a line and scoring points it didn't really it's like oh didn't interest you that didn't interest me yeah it's like we can win a game and i it's like well i haven't really done much yeah yeah. it's not oh i can have a real good game and we can still lose yeah yeah um but i did enjoy the 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 tackling all that kind of stuff and at school you you know it's like where you're with your mates, you know, wrestling on the playing fields, and mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that. And I think that's that's probably what brought me to jujitsu. Okay. Um, 
like they're yeah, having having fun and the camaraderie kind of stuff of bashing each other at school yeah, or, at, yeah, or whatever much. wrestling with each other yeah, yeah, yeah. and that, that's interesting i think yeah. like i think that's an interesting thing because i think like most guys have got some kind of like experience like that you know muck around people wrestling mm. put in the headlock yeah like oh, i'm stronger than you whatever it's just like a natural um kind of thing that people kind of fall into as dudes like we talked mm. with even with munsuk and stuff and he's like man it's just like normal you guys start drinking a little bit and everybody starts wrestling man. it's <laughs> yeah. just how it goes so. um yeah you look at animals in the wild like little baby tiger cubs and lion cubs are always always wrestling and playing and fighting and stuff i actually heard a lot yeah. of people People, like especially beginners you like oh i got injured I said oh what happened oh, i was mucking around with a friend you know, <laughs> yeah. you know it was like alcohol involved yeah. you know like yeah. somewhere what happened to Not your face yeah what happened to your face oh it's a bit of copper burn how'd you get that oh, i was wrestling in the in the lounge yeah. room yeah and the funny thing is now like when when you're with your friends and well majority of my friends are all jujitsu friends anyway but yeah. if you're with non-jujitsu friends i just don't mention that i do jujitsu because people oh let's have a wrestle no no no, no, no. <laughs> don't want to challenge, don't want to challenge <laughs> it oh, oh, you're very dangerous like uh, yeah so what do you mean I'm, person in the world, yeah. Yeah. I, might, I might fall on you or something but that'll uh, be about it uh, so how how old were you when you first started doing the boxing stuff and did you do anything before that like so you played rugby 12 years old whatever then you didn't do anything up until about 20 or um yeah so i played rugby uh 10 till about 12 um I'm through school as well, okay. uh, but not not really seriously. Um, started going to the gym on and off from about 15 to, 15. to my early 20s. Oh. Yeah. Doing some curls. Massive arms. Nice. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that was very sporadic. Though. I, had, I had trouble committing to it because it just didn't interest me. Yeah. Like I'd, I'd go for a month and like, oh, yeah, I'm a bit bored of that now. Yeah. But, um, and I suppose that's why... I've stuck with jiu-jitsu. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, you're really committed to jiu-jitsu. Is it, is it hard going training as much as you do? I'm like, it's really not because I, I love it. I mm. enjoy it. It's easy. It's, it's, I feel, it feels like a bit of a cheat code because, like, oh, yeah, you're really committed. Well, it's because I enjoy it. <laughs> that's why I go. <laughs> it's not as difficult it's when it's actually hard. fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that's, that's probably yeah, why I've i've stuck with jujitsu but like the next thing that you did and the first martial arts thing was obviously the boxing stuff yeah. but it was all rugby 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 and then you kind of and, and lifting and lifting yeah. weights and stuff and then you mm -hmm. kind of went into what made you want to go and do boxing um well my one of my like best friends at the time um i was living with him and he had he had a group of friends who owned uh, one of the, like top mma gyms in uh, in the uk at the time yeah. Yeah. a gym called quantum yeah and that's where i met the there's three brothers, two twins, Andy and Ian, uh, Dave and Ian Butlin, yeah. Troy May fighters, and their brother Andy, who was a boxer. Yeah. Um, started hanging around with Andy, uh, went up. He's um, he's had heaps of amateur fights, yeah, boxed. Yeah. Uh, I could be wrong here, but I think he might have boxed for England, or his brother did, or Yorkshire, I can't remember yeah, that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, hanging out with him, started doing boxing classes. I realised I'd really enjoyed it yeah and um yeah just, just the whole gym culture as well um just very camaraderie yeah. yeah camaraderie being in you're part of a team but it's your effort is uh, i won't i don't want to say rewarded but 
the effort you put in is is what you get out at the end. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. Di- you directly get like a result based on your mm. effort, as opposed to like what you're saying with the team stuff. You can have, you can be the best player and have, and work mm. as hard as you want, but if 15 other people aren't doing the same thing, you still don't win yeah. and get the result you want. So yeah. I get that yeah. part. And that's um, and yeah, all them guys were all doing MMA at the time as well. Yeah. So um, see, so it was just just fun seeing them on the mats and then. The two brothers who set the gym up, they used to live with, uh, do you remember Herberto Atala, who came here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they yeah. lived with him in like 2001 maybe, or maybe a bit later. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they learned a lot of jiu-jitsu from him. And he, because um, in, in England back then, the, the grappling scene was more, it was a lot less Brazilian than over here. Okay. It was more like s- submission wrestling, um, be a catch wrestling because that's from around where I'm from. Yeah. Um, Japanese submission fighting, that kind of stuff. Uh, like their original coach, I think it was in. Oh gosh, I can't remember the. Um, maybe Pancreas or something. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it came more also from other martial arts and from MMA. Yeah, yeah. Like initially. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it did. Yeah, it was a bit yeah. like that too. Yeah, right at the beginning. Really? Yeah, even yeah, in just then, early two thousands. Yeah. 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 So it's and thinking back, like. I know every older guy who does jiu-jitsu says this. I wish I'd have stuck with it when I was 23. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. Just so how old were, how old were you when you first started like doing jiu-jitsu? Uh, first jiu-jitsu lesson was probably 23, 24. Oh, okay, yeah. all right. It's yeah. pretty young, man. Yeah. So and then um, yeah, just kind of messed around, did a few classes here and there for a couple of years. Um, still hung around with the same people. <coughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, just uh, I just enjoyed the camaraderie. Yeah. And I probably wasn't too, if I'm honest, I probably wasn't too committed to the training. No, it was just then. the guys you're around and hanging yeah, out with them and stuff, yeah, having good times and drinking buddies. Yeah, going for going for food. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that was the that was the big thing. Mm. I um yeah I also started eating like I'm a professional fighter, <laughs> which <laughs> I wasn't burning the calories like you were. That's not a, that's not <laughs> good <laughs> then, is it? Nah, yeah. nah. No, I did it. I was doing it wrong, but I had a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's what counts, man. As long as yeah. everyone was enjoying, yeah. yeah. Mm. Mick, this this um, commitment <coughs> through love that you had at the beginning, mm. um, that was a really, uh, I think, a big uh, mark of your uh, of your training here. You always committed. You always coming very regular, mm. um, and. I think that also later on pays off in a way that because you kind of like feel fulfilled, like, man, I'm learning more and then it becomes more fun even. So it's like a cycle. It is, yes. Then you, oh, I'll go again. But yeah. man, I, I did that sweep that I've been trying yesterday, mm. so I'll commit it again, you know? Yeah. It's self-perpetuating perpetuating cycle because you're, the more you come, the more you learn, the more you can do, the more excited you are because it's like, man, that's really working for me now. I want to learn something else to get this other thing working mm-hmm. so you learn more because you come more and it's the opposite of a vicious cycle it's mm. a positive cycle it's an upward spiral yeah, yeah. not a downward yeah. spiral yeah we've yeah. talked about that a little bit as well like with a, with a few other people like you, you build momentum in both directions you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying like you like you kind of talking about if you like the thing is is just like getting started the hardest point is just like starting on mm-hmm. the upward trajectory or the downward trajectory once something happens and you just like it's kind of like those physics things keep things keep doing what they already doing you know what i mean yeah it, it, the, the inertia or whatever of like you know you push the ball or whatever mm. it, it's going to keep going in that direction it's really difficult for it to change direction so 
to maintain like that same kind of um, direction, whether it upward or downward, is important that you understand that it is a momentum thing. Like once you come, you know, twice a week and you keep coming twice a week and you, you learn one skill, you want to learn another one. And, you, and it, it's, a, it's yeah. this like growth mindset, getting better, improvement, all the other stuff. But it also goes in the other direction. You have to be really careful with that. It builds momentum mentally and also in like what's actually um, achieved in what you're actually kind of like getting out of what you're doing. Mm. You know what I mean? Did you, for example, someone was telling me this the other day, this week actually, and I was like, well, this is exactly what happened to me that sometimes you you didn't sleep well, maybe you didn't eat well, you, you don't have yeah. a good day, you don't feel good and you come on the mat like you had everything to to be mm. a really bad day on a mat and it's an amazing day yeah. do you know what i mean so it's almost like just the proof that like man if that day that you're like ah to yeah. go on the downwards spiral like Kanto is going if you just not come you know what i mean create an excuse that's going to generate another day that's an excuse you just committed one more time yeah. you kind of go again you know and that's mean? that's a really important thing I, i was actually going to mention something very similar before you said that so it's your mind plays tricks on you. It can tell you not to go. The same example you've used there, if you then go, you have the best day ever, you walk out thinking, I'm glad I didn't listen to myself. What exactly? <laughs> yeah, and then, and, then, but, and then like you guys are talking about, like yeah. then you feel good about going tomorrow or the next session, yeah. you're already excited for it. Mm. Whereas if you take a session, even I, even I do this, this happens with me. Like for example, <clears throat> I'm kind of tired and I can't be bothered lifting weights. And it, literally that decision to go like, all right, man, I'm just going to do it anyway. And then you feel better afterwards. You and never then, regret afterwards. You, no, you never regret afterwards. And then no, you, and then you go, but, but the thing is, is you complete the sessions you have for the rest of the week because you just did that one session when you didn't feel yeah. good. Whereas if you take that one session off, where you didn't feel good, then the next session comes around, you're like, oh man, I'm kind of tired too. Mm -hmm. And if you do do it, it's not as intense as you would have trained normally, or you miss that one too, and then you have the whole week off. And it's like, mm -hmm. this is the starting point of where you actually, like, you That's know. That's where the spiral can start. Can, can continue down, to start. Yeah. So like, yeah. your ability to like, break out of the cycles when you're not feeling good, or, or be consistent with the stuff, with, with what you're saying, like, even though I don't feel good or whatever, man, you just do it, go there and yeah. do it anyway. That stuff really has a massive difference in like long-term outcomes you don't think it's a big deal but it's like one choice that starts that kind mm -hmm. of cycle but i love the way it's really interesting to see like i love these conversations because people put similar subjects in just a different way they put it mm. like you the way you put it like with uh, the tricking the mind you know what i mean like it's <laughs> yeah. really what it is you know yeah. so you committed you come then your mind get used to no no i'll, I'll feel like not doing but I'm, i did mm. so that's okay so your mind doesn't pl start playing a bigger game against you you know yeah, um, um, yeah. and you you get like little strategies where you you pretty much i'm pretty much always tired <laughs> when i'm yeah. going training yeah but that's everybody everybody's always tired everybody's got things they need to do everybody's got uh problems challenges um commitments you can do them on train like it's not gonna yeah. i'd rather be i'd rather my life was running at 110 percent and i can do something i enjoy than running at 80% and I don't get to do what I enjoy. And be miserable and be because miserable. you don't get to fulfill yeah. the things you so want to do. I'm, yeah. I'm relaxed and I'm not tired, but I'm not doing what I want to do. Yeah. yeah. I think this is actually an interesting mm. comment. Like, 
I, I think this is a Western thing. I think it's a it's it's a it's a kind of a privilege of being in a you know like a well off situation. Like only in like a situation where like you know there's abundance of all things can you go. Oh, I don't feel like it. I'm just not going to do it, man. This is like, if you said this to anybody else from a third world situation, right? they'd be like, what is wrong with you? Like, what are you talking about? Like, what, you feel tired? That's it? No, like, you're supposed to be tired, man. You're supposed to be tired. It's not supposed to be easy. Like, this, this, like, consistent pursuit for, like, always feeling comfortable, though, I think that is a, is a very Western thing, like... We've talked about this type of stuff before and like the mind stuff. Even we talked with Martin about, oh, you know, I didn't feel good on the comp day, but I went there and then, you know, I felt good about it and I overcome like a mental hurdle and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and you have those little decisions everywhere in life. But like this obsession with feeling comfortable all the time is really like negative for a lot of people i think i think people have been either like brainwashed or tricked into believing that you're supposed to feel good all the time and i think the thing that they're really looking for is total comfort Mm. i want to be comfortable all the time i don't ever want to be uncomfortable i'm not going to go and do that extra session in the week i don't feel good and i think that's a really detrimental attitude to have Mm. i don't know where that comes from i don't know if like have have you experienced that you know in brazil i don't know if you have in the uk or whatever i i see it because i travel a little bit with competing and everything and i think that's a purely western and like even i've been to the us like even there i don't think it's as bad like i think like the australian culture is very laid back but it also has that kind of like that western view and they're, they're really like looking to just be comfortable all the time they're happy to sit back not really work hard work you know three days a week not really feeling fully fulfilled, never feeling tired. I don't want to feel tired. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and they're like, and for the most part, a lot of people are really unhappy with their lives. They're miserable. They're like, oh, you know, I'm behind. I haven't achieved anything. It's like, yeah, no shit. You barely do anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do you, what do you guys think? I just, I just want to hear other people's perspective of this like comfort pursuit thing because I don't know. I think it, culturally it's different and societally mm. it's different. Whatever, but I think um, quite a bit of it. Now, I might not word this perfectly, yeah. but... Um, Don't worry about it. it. <laughs> yeah. Say whatever you want. I think what a, what a lot of it could be uh, could be down to is, like, you s- example, you'll see an advert selling you for a car. Yeah. It's like, oh, man, this car's got, like, heated seats. It can give you a massage while you're in traffic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, I didn't know I needed a car that <laughs> where I need a massage until now. Mine don't have a massage and my car's rubbish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think... That general principle is probably where it could come from. We always, you might, you might be happy with what you've got, and then you see something which, which is maybe a slight improvement, such as a back massager whilst you're driving. Yeah, you don't need that. No. If you want a massage, you go for a proper massage. Yeah. If you need one, it's just something what somebody wants you to think that you need to make your life better. Um. Most of it we don't need. So do you think that comes with, to the comfort thing? You think people are just marketed to so aggressively they always push to be comfortable and happy all the time? Is that like... It, it could be, yeah. yeah. Um, so I've read, I'm, I'm guessing we've read a lot of the same books, podcasts. Uh, yeah. You've got the extreme version of it, like David Goggins, yeah. um, where he, he, hate, he almost seems like he hates comfort. Yeah. It make, he, he thinks it makes him weak. Um, 
Yeah, so that's like the extreme version of yeah. what we're talking about, I yeah. suppose. Yeah. Well, yeah, the opposite, the complete opposite. Yeah. Whereas I think I would say that most people, like most people are never going to be David Goggins. Most people mm. are never going to have the mental toughness or the fortitude to go out and do these ultra marathons and have blood in their boots and all this stuff. <laughs> like They're not going to do that. But I think like obviously the reason these guys guys like him are so impressive and so inspiring is because people wish they could do that you know what i mean everyone the things that are impressive to other people are things that you can't do on your own like you can't do by yourself wow that's impressive someone dedicated a lot of time and effort and all that type of thing into something that i can't do easily that's impressive but um and and for a guy like that i think the thing that a lot of people connect with is like they wish that they had like the just the um you know the savageness or the the the, t- the mental toughness to do, just go out and do the things that they want to do even though it doesn't feel good mm-hmm. you know what i mean and that's why i think guys like that get quite big and they get a lot of following and stuff like that what do you think eduardo about like um why do you think people are so obsessed with just trying to feel comfortable because like you can compare it to jiu-jitsu you can compare it to a lot of things but i just want to know where this attitude come from is it like just a modern day thing like I think it's... Has it always been that way? The more you put yourself out there, the more you try to make things happen, the more you're going to be inspired to do it more. Do you know what I mean? The more you're going to go, oh, man, that works. You know what I mean? If I put more effort, if I maybe sleep less, but I work more and then I can... But I I, kind of relate with what Mick is saying. If If the goals are blurry and changed because of like the way the things are advertised for us and the things that are supposed to be important are not important anymore you know what i mean like um and we give value for very material things that are like suddenly this is what means this i have these i'm important or you know and people look at me different i'm chasing the wrong things so there is no um there's not much happiness in the in these wrong chases it's a very very um short period lived mm. you know what i mean you buy a car, you're gonna sit there your bum's gonna get warm yeah. one day but man after yeah, three after, or four days yeah you don't drives, care anymore you don't the care indicator anymore. works same way yeah. Yeah. and all the cars have you know there's not much about it mm. so you go or you're gonna or you're gonna go well but how about the other one that costs 150,000? this one is just a hundred you mm. know no so i think that's you're never right. gonna end so i think what you guys are saying is is like most people don't have like like genuine core goals or or like values or things that they actually have um per- made given their life purpose is that kind of like what you guys are saying yeah i think and i agree yeah and i think um because so why do people not have purpose anymore because if you do have the right goals and the right purpose mm. you will you will you will balance you're gonna mm-hmm. you'll be looking for to balance it everything else so it's gonna be your health it's gonna be you know your fitness mm-hmm. it's gonna be your family it's gonna be your friends everything yeah it's more, gonna be more your, meaningful your, stuff, your yeah. savings for important things you know what i mean but like why do people not have purpose anymore why do you think that because i'll, I'll compare this to jiu-jitsu like i i remember when i started jiu-jitsu when i was 14 years old the guys that were there at jiu-jitsu they were all purposeful they didn't turn up and, and do jiu-jitsu because it wasn't popular even. It, it, like, they didn't do jiu-jitsu to take an Instagram photo. They didn't do jiu-jitsu because it was the cool thing and they heard on a podcast. They were like real martial artists. They all fought MMA. They all did other martial arts. They're like, man, I do kickboxing, but now I want to know what to do with wrestling. Like, they were really um, genuinely interested in learning 
another area of martial arts because they're like, man, this is interesting. This is cool. Like, I, I can, I notice it in a lot of different areas, but I think a lot of people come to jujitsu without purpose now too because it's just popular or it's the cool thing. It's like the new CrossFit or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it's this is what we everyone does. All the celebrities are doing it. Everyone's doing this. Everybody come to jujitsu. And I think that alone is why people don't have, don't have as much success as they could because like when Mick started he genuinely loved the thing that's why he kept turning up yeah. I think a lot of people just turn up just because it's something to do a lot yeah. of other people are doing it and oh, we'll see how we go and then they're like upset that their belts and stuff don't go as fast as they want or whatever but the, the point I'm kind of making overall is like what happened to people and what happened to people not having any purpose like where, when did this change happen I think I think it could be um could be a bit mis I don't want to use the word misguided, but maybe it's been so it's hard to keep things simple. Yeah. So if your purpose is to go, I don't know, catch a deer and yeah. eat the deer. Yeah. And that's all you've got to do to keep yourself alive. You're gonna go do it. But then you're going to catch your deer, it's three hundred three thousand years later you go to catch your deer. And you've got this guy telling you about your massage chair and your new car that you need. <laughs> you are, that's too much now. You know, like, yeah, it's, yeah, like yeah. Bomb, yeah. it's like yeah. a bombard. You know, yeah. Yeah. About the so massage chair. It takes the simpler things, what we need to make ourselves happy and fulfilled. Oh. And you've got all these different things. Distractions. Yeah. Distractions, which are like lower, um, lower value. But because there's so many of them coming at you. It's very People easy don't know to what to pick. I, I agree with that. I think a good analogy is like, all right, you're going to catch the deer, but then you see a bird and then a rabbit and then a snake and then this and then that. And you're like, which one do I catch? Oh, that, that snake's got diamonds on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's even the most extreme. Yeah, like yeah. The, the car seat warmer. And then, you know, this one's a back massager and this one has a hot chick in the front seat. And this one, this. Yeah, oh I, I know. Oh, my God, have you seen them? No sunglasses. I need them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm guilty of that as yeah, well. Yeah. No, of course, we all are. We're all human. Yeah. And, and, and the thing, is, is like with all the marketing and all that like they have so much information and data and analytics science on how people yeah it. science behind it like the, the the amount of money that they invest in that area of stuff to get people to look at their products and buy their products is insane yeah. but yeah i think you're right so it's it's almost as if like the re one of the main <laughs> the massage chair yeah. the it's, it's very well i think that it's the massage chair but like the bigger thing is is like because we're in wealthy and situations all kind of, as well, yeah and all it's all its variations yeah. of the massage chair but like <laughs> we're like the victims of too much option of too much choice yes. and 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 that comes to like what people even you know what i mean like i i talk to other people that were older like from my mum's friend group of friends my grandparents and stuff like that when they went to school there was like four university degrees that was it like mm. four things you did this you did this you did this and with a science degree or a mathematics degree or whatever you you did this stuff you know what i'm saying there wasn't twenty eight thousand different degrees one and like even with like carpentry and and the building trade and stuff like that you didn't need two thousand tickets do you know what i'm saying you needed a license in this and a license in that and have you been accredited for waterproofing have you been accredited for polishing shoes have you been accredited for you know putting this little like you know the little skirting board like every single thing now needs a specialization and it's like before like now like that's what, what i'm talking to do with the overwhelming part is like even as a kid when you go to like university or you want to go and study more you're like what the hell do i pick they're like i don't know there's two thousand choices two hundred thousand choices like it's too difficult they don't know what they want and then they try this a little bit and they don't like that and they want to try that and it's all over the place whereas 
I and there are the choices created by the world of massage chairs. For is, example, yeah, got, oh, mom, I'm going to be a gamer. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, there's not a universe for that. You know, someone there. Uh, there actually is. No, no, no. no there, there's, there, there's actually not universities, but there's like academies now that you I can know, pay that's right. to be a professional be gamer. Like yeah. You're right. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Like, the choices are now, like, uh, in a way, they're like, man, people going... They, they're losing what's important, you know, like what's the, man, a handshake, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you had a handshake, that's done, you know, that kind of like, poor, be be honest to people, like all these kind of yeah, the core, things the core. are more important than everything. And now people are looking back to this sometimes, you know, um, people want to have a, a person that is like a real, just real. Just you know, raw. Tell as it is. Like you want to deal with these kind of people. You, you know what the problem? Funny thing. You, I think as you get older, you you want to be like that. But I think the problem with for most younger people or, or people from the younger generation, because they're so used to just being overstimulated, they're so used to like all the chaos and all the all the bombardment and all the stimulus uh, stimula uh, yeah stimulation. Like when they get something real, it's fucking boring. They're bored, man. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you get a couple kids that, like, play on iPads religiously on whatever, you bring them into jiu-jitsu. If they sit down to learn a technique, if you talk for more than three minutes, they can't be bothered. Mm. Like, they can't even pay attention for that long. They're not, they don't have the capacity to do that anymore. Do you know what I'm saying? Their brain is so used to... And, and this is like, you know, this goes to dating. This goes to how people operate in jobs. Do you know how many people... We all know people that change jobs constantly. They're not happy in any position. They're not happy in anything. They're looking, they're looking for fulfillment. They're looking for fulfillment. They're looking for something. They're looking for a new massage chair. They're looking for a new job. They're looking for a new partner. They're looking for a different gym to get a belt quicker. They want another technique that's cooler than the technique that they're doing now. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, I'm always looking for something outside of my mind, outside of my body. What am I going to find that's going to make me feel better or whatever? And it's like, <laughs> this is like, a, this is literally, like, I've talked about this before. This is literally no different than, like, a drug addict chasing, like, another high of, of I need to feel good. And when you think here. like this, even a, a, a young <laughs> child, the, the parents now, because of they also getting all these uh, things, they're like, okay, oh, my, my son does on Monday, he does flute classes, Tuesdays is poetry, Wednesday is jiu-jitsu, uh, uh, Thursday is soccer, and Friday, Friday he's swimming. In the, and Saturday he's in the gaming academy, he's a gamer. Yeah, he's a gamer. So, uh, well, he's not going to be good at anything, he's not no, going to commit in anything, he's not going to create resilience yeah. in anything, he's not going to be accountable for anything. Great job. I agree with that. And, and I think... Like, we can go into the whole participation trophy award stuff if you want. But, like, the thing is, is with this stuff, everyone just changes over too quick, too. Like, no one really, like, again, no one really finds purpose or things that they truly enjoy and commits to it. They just do 10,000 things or, you know, have really surface-level interactions with everything, whether it's friendships. Oh, I've got hundreds of friends. I've got 2,000 friends on Facebook. I've got 100,000 followers on Instagram. Yeah, but how many people actually care about you? How many people are actually going to help you when you need help? How many people are actually going to, like, help you move house if you need that? How many people are actually going to come and have a, a, a lunch or a dinner with you if you're not happy with life and you want to talk to somebody? There's very few people like that so what's the point of building all these surface level relationships with thousands of other people do you know what i'm saying mm. and that's the same thing you guys are kind of talking about with the activities oh i did a little bit of this take a photo put it on instagram of man parents do it of their own freaking kids man 
They take pictures of their kids in the gaming thing next to the coach or whatever, and then they just put it on their own Instagram to show off like, oh, my kid's doing this, and then he's also doing this, and he's also doing this, and he's the swimming kid, and he's the, and it's like, man, what's the purpose of, is that for the kid or is that for you? Yeah, the projection. Like, what, like, what, like yeah. do you know what I mean? Just in all these different levels of stuff, it's like, okay, what's, what's actually going to be the most meaningful thing for you and your kid? Probably let him do something that he enjoys, <laughs> let him commit to it, fail at it, help him get through that, help <clears> him improve and like, you know, foster a good like, core values and attitude you're going to learn in life through difficult shit like learning difficult stuff putting a kid in jiu-jitsu the the challenges of life that they learn through games oh it's just a game yeah it is a game but through games where you win and lose you learn reality you learn life it it could be rugby it could be wrestling it could be jiu-jitsu it could be soccer it doesn't matter it could be swimming it could be gaming Gaming, I don't think as much works because it's not tangible. I think you have to do something physical to learn this stuff a little more. But yeah, I think it's a really interesting point, guys. Man, how do you give people purpose again? <laughs> what do you do, man? How do you stop people being distracted? Which brings me to an interesting point, Mick. Um, because you were you were a flying fly out, yeah. Which a lot of people I know, uh, a few students that are flying fly out, and a lot of people. They have a hard time, let's say the two weeks in, two weeks out, they mm-hmm. have a hard time to actually commit because <clears throat> they all think, oh, the other two weeks I'm going to be out anyway, mm-hmm. so I'm just going to be while I'm here, I'm going to enjoy a little bit and, and with my family and I'll be drinking and party, you know what I mean? But then there's no routine, there's no, how, and you did that really well. Like when you're here, like it was the person that was seeing the most was you. Um, so... What kind of advice, you know, you'd give to someone in this kind of pattern of work? Well, um, <clears throat> I think what what really was kept me training as much as I do with the FIFO lifestyle, because I'm, I'm currently week on, week off. I, I have been since I, since I started Jiu-Jitsu this time around. And... Um, you're a black belt at it. Black belt now, yeah. Black belt at fly in, fly out. Fly in, fly out. You should make a course on how to train fly in, fly out. <laughs> hey, that's, that's, that's probably that, not yeah, a bad Yeah, that's what you should do on the, cut, on the cuts as well. Uh, then I can fly, in, fly, fly in, fly out. Fly in, fly out. Advice. Anybody that needs the course, DM yeah. Gothard right now. now. DM him freedom. If you DM him freedom in his inbox right now, you will learn the course of how to be ten percent Yeah, ten percent income back to BJJ one on one story and podcast guys. Use the link Gothard One. And you have three three different packages. They have a flame flower, one week in, three or yep. yeah, three how, how, how to become a black belt in five years time, fly in, fly out. Yep. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway uh, <laughs> yeah so what I suppose with me starting when I was a bit older I was 33 probably 34 um, so when I'm home this worked for me I don't know if it's going to work for everyone when it's home I train as much as I could yeah. um, if I'm feeling sore tired I still come training I just work on defence or just just work, pick something to work on if you're if you're not feeling hundred percent. But then again, like we're saying, no one ever feels one hundred percent. So train as much like as you, you mean, can. You, with your you home. came with a purpose. You a had purpose, a purpose. Yeah. Oh, here we yeah. go. So <laughs> how do people, man? We're back uh, to the same oh, point as before, man. <laughs> so obviously the purpose is to get better. Um, you're gonna get tapped. You're gonna get in bad positions. You're gonna get injured. That happens. 
just train as much as you can when you're at home. Then when you go to work for your, let's say you're on an even time roster, then first couple of days. Then stop, then you get the course, guys. <laughs> it's yeah, going to be available then, next month. Yeah. <laughs> Try the paywall, the rest of you guys, I'm sorry. Mm. So when, <laughs> when, when you get to work, I'd have maybe, especially now, I'll have maybe one, two days where I don't do anything. Mm. Obviously, I'd go to work, but um, gym-wise. And then the other days, what I try and do gym-wise when I'm at work, I try and strengthen my body for jiu-jitsu, keep my cardio up. Mm. Um, so if I'm still sore, I'll just go and do cardio, get out of breath, get a sweat on. 45 minutes a day. Perfect. Don't need to spend two hours in the gym. If I'm lifting, I don't want to fatigue my muscles or risk injury for jiu-jitsu. So I'll just just do lightweights, plenty of reps, 20, 25 reps, um, nothing crazy. Instead of increasing the weight, I'll do the reps slower. And I'm, I'm, I might in a week, I might only do that. A good week is I'll go to the gym at work five times. A week that I'm okay with, three times. Mm-hmm. A serious question about that, Mick. Mm. And, and there, uh, all these locations, yeah. um, they, these work location bases, do they m- must offer uh, fitness facilities? Yeah. So most, like these days, most um, most mine campsites do have do have gym facilities. Gotcha. Uh, which, yeah, it, it's it's kind of like um, it's in their interest to, to provide good facilities these days because. Mm. There's so much competition, especially at the moment, for, for workers that gotcha. the facilities are like food food and the gym is pretty much the two things that need to be good these days. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and that's another thing as well. So it's actually easier to eat well when you're at work because you're not preparing anything yourself. So you can go in and you can eat as well as you want or as... Shit as you want. Yeah. Mm. You can go and have... A tub of ice cream if you want no one will say anything, judge yeah. you <laughs> um but yeah so that's going back to the the main point so yeah just just light training get a sweat up move your body maintain your fitness whilst you're at work uh watch watch a load of videos i uh yeah download a lot of youtube videos for when i'm on the plane um mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily have to be technique it can be like i don't know there's a few videos on maybe I don't know, Leo Vieira showing you around his gym or whatever, mm-hmm. just to keep your head in the game, uh-huh. keep head your head in jiu-jitsu. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's, the physical side is just one component, like yeah. rehearsing the movement in your mind, going over things, listening, th- watching fights, all that mm, stuff. Purpose. This is all taking yeah, purpose, in information. Yeah, I, I, I learn a lot watching fights. <laughs> yeah, I learn a lot watching fights. Like I learn a lot watching moves. Mm. learn watching bjj 101 yep. like more specific i learn watching like when anton's fighting and there's a comp mm. i watch his fights but i also the whole day there yeah so you, i'm you literally obligated to watch i want to watch someone that's going to fight him or that mm. you know is in the bracket so you always see something like at least one two details like man this this is good yeah you know you know what the yeah, difference really is though like you're only going to do this level of like purposeful training or purposeful like commitment to doing something if you actually give a shit about it and love it that's the you, you that's can't the do difference. you you can't do this if you don't give a shit about it and like, and like you, you, give there, a shit mean no, accountable so i think it has to be accountable yeah no but you're not going to be accountable about anything if you don't care about it 
Like, if I don't give a shit about playing soccer, why am I going to go and do all this extra stuff? Why? You're right. I'm not going to do it, man. So, the, 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 the starting point is, is like, you can't force yourself to enjoy something. You can't force yourself to willfully go through and do and be this dedicated to anything. You have to actually want to do it. So if you don't love the thing that you're trying to get good at, fucking find something else, man, because you're wasting your time, dude. Because if you can't do all the stuff that Gothard's talking about, you're probably never going to become a black belt. Like, you actually have to be purposeful and be deliberate with everything you do, and you have to, like, have that level of discipline. He goes there, goes to the mindset, instead of fucking off and eating ice cream for a whole week, he eats well, he works out, he watches videos, he goes on the plane, he listens to stuff, he's actually obsessed and in love with the thing that he's doing. And that's the difference. The difference between someone being good at something and being mediocre or average is whether they actually give a shit enough to be disciplined. Do they actually care about the thing they're doing? Yes or no? This is no different than, again, business, relationship, whatever. I think you nail it. You nail it. It's it's about <laughs> it's about back it. to the it's it's and which is about back bring us back to that purpose, man. Mm. You have yeah. a purpose, like you're not gonna be oh I'm too tired or I I I, I feel uncomfortable, man. You have a purpose. Doesn't no, he matter. is like that, but he still does it anyway because he cares will. enough about it to do that. This is the point. Like the point is this: is like for example, when I go and do yoga, I'm not in love with yoga. I just do it because it's good for me and it's good for me and it helps my joints and all this stuff so when i don't feel like doing it i fucking stop trying i stop going it happens all the time then i get injured and i go on my neck and then i go back but like for me it's like unless someone unless i had someone to do it with me or i paid somebody to do the sessions for me and stuff like that it's hard for me to be motivated to continually go to yoga because i just don't care I don't care. I'm not in love with yoga. I don't want to go to yoga all the time. Maybe I went to the wrong gym. The girls weren't attractive enough. Who knows, right? But I'm not in love with yoga like I am with jiu-jitsu. If if I've got a knee injury and I'm completely destroyed or whatever, I'll still come here and I'll still watch the classes and I'll still go over positions and I'll still do things. I don't have that excitement to do that for yoga. Do you know what I'm saying? But sometimes you can kind of re re uh, rewire right to create a purpose they're like oh look this is going to make more flexible for jiu-jitsu this is going to make me uh protect more my ligaments you know what i mean like yeah of course you, you can, can kind of like rewire to make mm. it you and, know what i mean and that's kind of what i do with the gym at work like i i, I hate going to the gym at Perfect. work it, it really doesn't interest me <laughs> exactly whatsoever. the same example. but i know if i'm on the elliptical machine i can put my phone on the front <laughs> Put a video on that I've, I want to watch, listen to music, listen to a podcast, and just get the work. You can't done. fake genuine desire, man. And this you know that yeah. when you come back to training in next two weeks' time, you're not going to die on the first two trains, you know what I mean? That's because you're done. I, I agree with what you're saying, but still, he's more likely to miss a gym session than he is a jiu-jitsu class. Yes. yes. see the point? But because when he found a purpose, he helps at least. 100%. The per- you need purpose in everything for you to, to be able to commit to things, 100%. But what I'm saying is, is you can't fake genuine desire you can't fake it if you're not genuinely interested in being good at that thing or dedicated to doing that because you love the thing that you're doing you're probably not going to fucking do it or when there is the times that you're down or low or whatever you're only going to do two sessions that week same with the yoga i can't be fucked all right i'll stretch for 30 minutes at home but i'm not doing yoga and, and it's and, and it's stupid right it's not it's not good it's it's a, a poor mental approach but i don't have the same level of care for that thing so that's the thing that goes straight away. Whenever I don't feel like doing shit, that's the first thing that suffers. Not jiu-jitsu, not wrestling, not other things. 
not lifting weights. I love doing that stuff. The way you mentioned that, then that is that is exactly me at work with the gym. Mm. So I'll be, I'll get back to my room. It's long days, twelve hour days. Um, have something to eat. Go back to my room. It's eight pm. Mm. I've left my room at six. You have, the, you have the room. You have like a a, a wallet of excuses. Eh? By yeah, 8 oh, you've got every excuse hours, yeah. under the sun. Yeah, yeah. and um, I'll be. <laughs> It might be cold, warm, too warm, there's too many flies, whatever. I don't want to put my gym gear on, and I'll, I'll do the same as you. I'll be like, oh, well, I'll just stretch in my room for 20 minutes. Mm. And then at least I've done something. Yeah. There's these weeks where I go to work, and I have, I have the worst week for training ever. I might have, I might have, <laughs> I might have double dessert every night. Yeah. I, might, I might have a couple of beers, like on the last night, and I go back to training, and obviously the hard work I haven't done <laughs> does, comes out yeah. comes out and mm. then I've only got myself to blame right. I don't blame anyone anything else and the next swing try again well, that's, that's I don't I don't just stay at that it's like no I had a bad week last week that doesn't define how the rest right. of my life's gonna go this week I'm gonna be better 100% and and you have this is the thing with doing something physical not like gaming right is you're going to have a real physical consequence mm, for yes. what you haven't done. Yes, sure. I had that. <clears throat> I did the ADCC trials not long ago. Mm. I didn't really do a proper preparation. Um, you know, I'm big and strong and athletic, and I just turn up to a lot of comps in Australia and just bash everyone. It's easy for me. Yeah, great. But then you go to something a little bit bigger. And, you know, the crazy thing is, too, is, like, I did that with three guys before that until mm. I got to the final. Mm. Then you get to the final, and you go, oh, shit, I'm not fit, man. Holy shit, I didn't really do enough work. Mm. and then you, you you obviously you need the setbacks and shit but it's just silly for me like you know, I mean, I'm doing, I've been doing this stuff for a long time and now it's a big comp and all these types of things but I didn't do any preparation didn't do this didn't do that oh no shit I'm unfit alright yeah like you can still make a fight because you're good you can still make it difficult for somebody but you're not really that competitive you know what I mean you have to be doing all that extra stuff to improve it's no different than somebody that's a beginner or like you or whatever and they're not watching the videos they're not looking at other other avenues of looking on how to improve jiu-jitsu they don't want to do a private so when they come and train they barely do any technique they just do like two or three reps and then they just want to roll the whole time and then they roll with no understanding, no techniques, nothing like, well, I haven't improved. It's like, dude, you come twice a week or twice a fortnight or something like that or once a week, you just go nuts for the hour that you're here. You don't do anything technical. How the fuck do you expect to improve? Like, you got to do certain things. Like, i got to stretch so I don't get injured and I've got to do more cardio and more, you know, fitness stuff when I'm leading up to comps and do a camp and a preparation, like I, which I've never done before, even though I've done for a long time. And, you know, we can go into those things a little bit more too. Like some people have genetic differences. Like the reason I've not had to do that stuff before is because I got by without doing it. Yeah. Just like if you're a big, strong guy here, you don't have to get technical. Do you know why? Because you can just rip on a kimura on fucking 90% of the people in the gym and it works. Mm. You, yeah. you touched on uh, something there which I didn't mention about <laughs> in my FIFO survival BJJ course. Mm. Um, privates, that's a big thing. Okay. I I did privates pretty much all of my color, through all of my color belts. Yeah, yeah. And I wouldn't just with the privates. I wouldn't just come in and like 
what are you going to teach me make, make me better yeah, yeah that's, that's the most common approach <laughs> yeah. if i'm honest they, 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 no thought see, see again this is what you're about to explain now i'm not going to say anything what you're about to explain now is the difference between somebody that is actually in love and obsessed with the thing that they're doing and somebody that's just here for the purpose of being like they're just the purpose of them being here is just to fill time yeah you know what i'm saying yeah. continue sorry right so two things for the private lessons which i would always try and focus on First one is try and catch up on the things where I'd missed in the week that I was away. Say like, oh, what what did you do last week while I was away and go through that. And the second one, I'd, I'd remember what I was struggling with when I was there the last time. And I'd look for... In training. Yeah, in training. Yeah, that's Sorry, my training, always yeah. advice to people when yeah. they want to even book a private sector. Well, what mm. are you, what's yeah, what not are working for you? What do you want to, you yeah. know? Like, Most of the people that comes to private, so do the thing that he talked about first, is they just turn up mm. and like, all right, what do I need to get good at? You're going like, to tell me three things and I'm going to be living here amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like a hairdresser. But, but even, if, even if they don't believe that, <laughs> even if they don't believe that like the thing you're going to teach them is making better, they haven't, they haven't even had the awareness to look at the shit that they're not good at. They haven't even analyzed their own uh, ability. Uh, like this is the difference between somebody that's interested in what they're doing and has genuine desire behind improving. Because when you have desire, when you genuinely want to do something, you're going to go out of your way to figure out how to make it happen. You're going to go deeper. Mm. You, of you course, you're going to go deeper. You just correct. Yeah. You're going to figure out a way to make it work. Mm. Everybody that's like, "Oh, I wish, I wish, oh, I want to." No, you don't want to. Because if you wanted to, you would have done something about it. Mm. The re the rest is all mumbo jumbo bullshit, man. <clears throat> yeah, Sign up now. <laughs> Gothard one. Do you know? There's the another thing too. A lot of things in life. <laughs> That's the other thing too. A lot of things in life you can pass with a five or six yes. out of ten. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, oh man, I'll, I'll, I'll tell the coach a, a nice move. I'll show him one day that I can do a, a Tareko Plata. And you know what I mean? That I saw right now. And I'll, I'll show that I, I, may, I ask three questions. You think I'm doing great. Mm -hmm. You know? But like, you know, like I'm looking good. You know, like... but. They're not really going into the, the, the final, you know, to make them literally better. They're just showing that, trying to show, portray they're getting better, you know? You can tell. That's the other thing that I found a lot of people doing. Like, man, be accountable. Go search. Ask yourself what you need to work on. What is everyone submitting all the time? What you don't know what to do whatsoever. You feel lost. And you need, that's why you need to get to the, well, I'm sure we all know about the four stages of learning. You need to get to that. Uh, conscious incompetence stage. Can you, you can you explain that for people? Though? Um, so, the the first two I believe are possibly the most important. So the first one is unconscious incompetence. So you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Um, so if I'm going to drive a race car, hmm. um, yeah, I don't know how that race car works. So I might say something along the lines of, "Oh yeah, well I'll just." To go faster, I'll just grab that stick there and push that button. And the guy who I'm saying that to who's a professional driver might be like, well, this, this guy doesn't even know there's no button there to go faster. What's he, what's yeah. he talking about? <coughs> so that's unconscious incompetence. Conscious incompetence would be, right, I know when I gain that race car, um, to go faster, I'm, I'm going to have to press that pedal, but I don't know how much to press it to go faster. To yeah. go as fast as I want to go. Yeah. 
I need to learn that, so I'll go ask somebody who does know. Yeah. So that's that's conscious competence. The other two, I'm, I'm not actually that clear on. So the other two is Anton. I'm, I'm not sure. Is it is it unconscious competence? I think that's the last. Awesome. That could be the last because the, 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 there must be unconscious competence. So being able to do something but not understanding how yeah. it works, and then conscious competence is being able to do something but actually understanding how it works is that correct yes and doing it like almost automatically yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's i'm the pretty sure there'll be the social media competence oh, i saw on social oh, so, media so here. then so what you so what it would be then is is conscious competence so yeah, so being able to cognitively to it. figure it yes. out and then unconscious competence where you don't have to think about it happens automatically yeah 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 so i'm, I'm pretty sure yeah the last two stages i'm mm. apologies guys i'm not no. not really uh to up on them but yeah then first two I think are really important especially in jiu-jitsu because you you know yourselves you get guys come up to and they'll tell you they pulled off some mad triangle on Jim Bob who came in yesterday and yeah. they're talking about how they did it and you're thinking I know you didn't do it because you wouldn't do that <laughs> that's not how you do that mm-hmm. but yeah. they don't know that that's not how you do it yeah, they don't know. It's not even possible to yeah. do that kind of thing. Yeah, um, I think that is definitely an important point. Like, man, the, what you guys are talking about now, though, like to do with like consciousness and unconsciousness and stuff. <clears throat> I think it's easier to get to these level levels of competency if you're actually genuinely interested in the fucking thing you're doing. How about you start with that? Yeah. So, like. You might think jiu-jitsu is cool and do this and do that, but if you don't genuinely enjoy it, you probably shouldn't dedicate time to it. I, I'm not saying that you shouldn't. You should You should try. You should try. You might fall in love with it in the process of just having fun and enjoying or whatever. Um, and again, maybe you can find some purpose behind doing that thing. Like, oh, you know, I don't really like it, but I know it's good for me. And I'm going to make sure because, you know, I've got some health conditions and I need to make sure I stay healthy. And this is more fun than anything else I've tried. Whatever, right? Um to to do with the consciousness stuff like i think it's easier for people though like i said before to do whatever when they genuinely enjoy the thing so mm. figure out how to enjoy it this is something that i've kind of talked with people before it's like you have to figure out a way to have fun in doing jujitsu you have to figure that out like you're talking about rewiring to make purpose for yoga you have to rewire jujitsu and turn it into a fun thing for you a game something you can enjoy because if you can't enjoy it, you're probably not going to stick it through, man. Mm. And if you don't do all these little extra things like Gothard's talking about, doing privates, but not only doing the private, oh. actually spending his own time, assessing his own performance, going there and going, actually, you know what else? I didn't do all of last week. What did they work on? I need to work on that. This is somebody that's actually consciously looking at the things that they need to improve on. This is the growth mindset. This is you know someone dedicated to their own self-improvement. The attitude that Gothard's talking about is how you improve, man. This is the basis of how you improve. You have to come with this attitude. Now, how do you make somebody have that attitude? I don't know. It's self-imposed, I think. I don't think anybody can make you do this shit. No, because you, you're just you're not gonna. <clears throat> it shines through if you're not if you're not committed to doing something. You you can tell. Mm. Like it's, and I think with doing with obviously we all do jujitsu, so. We can tell in other areas of life when someone's faking being interested in something. It's yeah, it kind of sets your jujitsu. It can set your radar for other things. It's not just not just jujitsu. 
Yeah. See, see it in the workplace all the time. Um, yeah. Speak like with non-jujitsu people. You can tell when they're faking something a lot of the time. Yeah. yeah, whether it's like they fucked up something and they lie about it or whatever, or they're like, they, they, can you solve this problem? Yeah, no, you can't. Yeah. Whatever. Like, um, I think it's important for people. That, I think that's just humbleness, though. I think that's being humble enough to, again, our accountability and a mixture of all these things. But, like, if you don't know something, who gives a shit? When did that become so, like, um, fear, like, scary? Oh, I can't show people any weakness or anything like that. When did it become like that? I, cause like I know my grandparents and I know the people that they were around. Like they would just be like, "Look, I don't know what the fuck to do. What do you? What do you want me knowledge? to do? How are you actually going to get? You know, yeah, if you don't, do you know what, just do, pretend. This, this is something that I've heard before that I think is actually super interesting. I don't think people know how to take instruction anymore, and also they're not willing to, um, f- like, take instructions, follow instructions, or just like commit themselves or or just accept the fact that they don't know anything you need to listen to other people how how can i get to a black belt of jiu-jitsu if i've never listened to anybody else about jiu-jitsu how is that possible it's fucking not because you start at a point where you had no information you had no understanding you had no skill and then to acquire said skill to get to the next belt level you go and seek out somebody that has more information and understanding <clears throat> skill than you. They tell you what to do and you go and do it. Just like at school, I don't know how to spell. All right, listen to me. I'm going to teach you how to spell. When did people lose the ability to do that? Because it's not common anymore. People don't want to fucking listen. People are telling, you know what I mean? Like I have a fairly decent credentialed competitive background in Brazilian jiu-jitsu and there's people that had fucking never competed in their life telling me that I should do jiu-jitsu like this or this technique is the yeah. best what the fuck when did this happen when did this ha- or has that always been that way or is this more of the modern thing now everyone opinion valid because everyone's got access to the internet and they've all listened to 10 other world champions say what to do like I don't I don't get it and, and and sometimes the 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 thing the the opportunity to learn is right in your face, but people are just not humble enough. Like I always found that that was I always found a big difference. I don't see between here and Brazil back on the day. I don't know what it is, and I've been here long, but I found that here people don't ask the other person because they don't want to show weakness, so they don't mm. ask, man, what is this choke you're doing? Or do you mind show me? Oh man, that would poor. Is that how you do it? That's a great way to learn, man. I think this. I think it comes back to the society, though, because like I think you can't afford to have that attitude in a place where you're poor. Yeah, you have to like. I don't know. What do you need me to do? I need this job. I need this whatever. What do you want me to do? I want to do it perfect for you to maintain my position. Yeah. Whereas yeah. here, it, it, even with jobs, like I do some cleaning stuff. Like I do cleaning shit. Do you know how many people don't want to do cleaning? Because it's an unflattering, uncool job. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. I, I'm not doing that. They don't give a shit if they do a good job for other people. They don't care because fuck that. I don't want... It's not cool. I don't want that. And the reason they can do that is because even if you don't have a job, you can get by. The government will pay you. There's no issue. Or there's another job. Someone will pay you more money to do something less, whatever. There's so much abundance... Because there's so much money floating around because we're a wealthy country. I think people kind of foster that attitude naturally. Do you know what I'm saying? 
Mm. Whereas I think if you come from a place that's a any, pretty much any other part of the fucking world, to be honest, that's not a Western country, really. Even even in the UK though, or in the US, I think people are more willing to take on shitty positions and just listen because they don't have a fucking choice. Whereas in in other situations like Australia, where everything is so easy, so simple, and there's so many safety nets, all right, you don't have to listen to nobody. What the fuck are you going to And you don't have me? to show your weakness. Because mm. exactly. you can just move on. I can always look great. You can move on. So you just completely avoid discomfort. And this is what I'm saying is like, I think the state of the country itself, the state of the society itself, it perpetuates this issue of like never always looking to feel comfortable and good all the time. Mm which is a really dangerous attitude to get caught in or a downward spiral to get caught in because yeah, once you, changing, chasing comfort, you don't care what happens in your life as long as you feel okay with it. Which is quite funny because I always had this phrase, I created this phrase uh, and actually portrayed a lot like this is my vision about Australia. Australia is a mother. So you know what I'm saying? Like you're always gonna feel comfortable. You're okay. You don't have that. Like it's it's better than bear, your mother. You're okay. You can recreate yourself. No problem. You recreate Depends yourself your tomorrow. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> like, no, but like, you know, in a, in stop a, being pathetic. Go there and do that. Romantic, yeah, in a romantic yeah, yeah. way of yeah, yeah. what a mother represents. Yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, yeah. like give you. Nah, my mom's lovely. My mom's amazing. You, She's not that harsh. Come on. Yeah, I've met. I've met. My mom's a lovely person. Yeah. My mom's super gentle and generous. But like, I'm I'm just talking in general. Like, yeah, I think. And, and you're right, if you have a parent or mother like that, that just like, oh, coochie, coochie, coo, oh, you're the best, you're amazing, or whatever. Yeah, you're going to turn out into a bratty piece of shit for the most part because you, there's no accountability for anything. There's no acknowledgement. There's no challenge in your life. Why the fuck would you evolve? You're still an infant mentally. You know what I mean? Mm. Wah, 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 <clears throat> I didn't get what I wanted. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, you're going to react that way at 35 if your experience has been always looked after like you're saying all right the society's mothering you now which brings me to an interesting question mick yeah. um do you believe that this the fact that you actually um uh, travel like you went live in another country mm -hmm. um does facilitate that amount of growth that you have to have to have more pursuit in life what's your opinion be away from others you know and all that <clears throat> so um when I when I came over to Australia, two thousand and nine, from England. How old were you at the time? Twenty nine. Twenty nine. So England was in a bit of a state. It was just after the GFC. Uh, the profession that I was doing then, I was an electrician then. Um, there was hardly any work, and I came to Australia, not knowing that over here, and it's I'm sure it's the same in Brazil. A tradie over here is. Like real well-paid profession. Yeah, it's yeah. People are telling their kids to be a trader rather than a teacher. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Or only place in the world only that a, that, a, world. that a trader can make more money than a lawyer. So you have a it's boat crazy. and you're home at three pm. Yeah. yeah, never seen this. Whereas back, whereas back home, it's um, and just just to give you guys an understanding, I'm sure a lot of you will know, but it's um. So if you if you're trader back back home in England, you just one above, just a. Unskilled labour, like yeah, like yeah, a, which just a general labourer, yeah. yeah, general <laughs> labour. You're not really seen as yeah as having a having a real career. It's just something you did. Oh, he didn't go to university. He's a trader. Hmm. 
Whereas, yeah, so it's... Start packing boxes or something. It's like a guy drinking a beer at the bar. Can you do that? Yeah, it's like, I'm going to get... So, yeah, like going back to the question, the, the big difference, what, what I found it, I got here and realised it was, what I was doing was more revered. And um, so I thought, right, I can, I can give, it a, give it a good go over here. And one, one thing which that I do love about Australia is... If you say you want, and this can also link to what we've been speaking about, if you say you want to do something, you want to be good at something, if you actually focus on doing that, you can. Mm. Like, no one's going to tell you, you, oh, that's a silly idea, you can never do that, get back in your lane. You can recreate yourself. Yeah, you can. Just like yeah. that. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just because you want it. In mm. Australia, you mean? And you know, Australia, if you Australia, put your mind yeah. into it, you can make yeah. anything happen. Man. You can, yeah. Like, I, seriously, if you put yeah. your mind into it, like if you have a purpose, if you yeah. man, you can make anything happen. So that's that's kind of the, the but the environment doesn't help for you to do that. But that's coming the from another country, that's look, the problem. That's the problem. Man. From a hard situation. From a hard but that's that's yeah. the difference, though. Yeah. See, like how like once they get here, and they realize how good it is. All the people that succeed are these people that are immigrants or whatever. Like you know, what I mean, even people that like you're saying have like really low class jobs. They're cleaners. You know, uh, three or four guys come here from India and they become cleaners, and they all work together and they buy fucking 10 houses by the end of uh, over 15 years mm. why is nobody else doing that do you know why yeah. because they're just like oh you know oh i'm just you know i don't feel that good you know I, you know i just want to take it easy what do you mean take it easy you've not done anything your entire life why are you going on holiday but mick do you think that for example the fact that you <laughs> were um like you don't have um, um like all your family here and everything mm. Um, the the it helps you to actually focus more on work, like and focus more on make develop your career, develop your like. Yeah, I think I, I think in the early days it did uh, mm-hmm. when I when I first got here because it was now I'm getting a bit older. I'm forty two now. Uh, my parents are getting older. I'm an only child, so I'm I'm starting to think about. I'm gonna to have to look after them guys soon. Yeah, um, yeah and they're over in England. It's yeah, another it's, game. Is it? Yeah, our so nightmare in a way. You know it what I mean? is. It's yeah, like this. This will be the the price, bad side of leaving your the family. Price we have the price. Pay, yeah. Yes, exactly. Very true. Um, so um, yeah, potentially there could be some difficult times. Yeah, ahead. it's funny how we related. Like me, I'm, yeah. my parents have the same, very same similar. And, and and also like the fact that you uh, travel to the birth of uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, mm. you went to Brazil and you actually didn't do as a tourist. You actually like lived there yeah, for you know stay there, stay spend time with Brazilians. Um, what was this experience for you? Um, what do you think of like differences as well that you see like between the the gyms and and here? So when when I went over to Brazil, I stayed with Matthias. Um, Awesome guy, we all know Matthias real well. Yeah. Eduardo's known him since he was four years old. Five. Annoying, yeah. annoying. <laughs> so annoying. yeah, he's um, so Matthias, third degree black belt in Brazil, trains at Axe, lives in Bar Tijuca. I went and stayed with him in his uh, his apartment. Uh, so I, I didn't really go as a tourist. I was staying with a friend. He took me everywhere, showed me all the all the real nice beaches, um, not the big ones which you you'd normally think of going to and yeah again back to Eduardo's question about the the difference between the gyms what I what I found is it was more of jiu-jitsu was more of a lifestyle over there than somewhere 
somewhere you go for a workout. Like over here, you, it, it seems to be more of a workout. People come five minutes before the class. There's a schedule, yeah. Schedule, stick ah. the gear on, line up, do the class, go through a few techniques, have a few rolls, and then get changed and go home. Um, over in Brazil, there'd be before class there'd be guys guys sat on the mat laughing and joking speaking in Portuguese which obviously I didn't understand but mm -hmm. go sit with them you'd have a laugh and a joke then everyone would put the geese on there'd be I think my first session there there was 18 black belts on the mats um, I remember because I count there's a photograph and I counted uh, <laughs> it was awesome um, they were all guys who were either my age or a bit older um, from every profession, it's, uh, it's quite a well-off area, Baja Tijuca. That's misconception as well about Jiu-Jitsu. A lot of guys, or like you say, oh, would you like to try like a father off for the kids, even though a lot of fathers now train. But uh, I heard a lot, oh, I'm too old for the guys 30. I'm like, man, this guy's in Brazil, 78, yeah. training, you know what I mean? Like this yeah, 30 yeah. year old. Yeah, Jaka, you know? the old guy Jaka with the white hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so when, so yeah, got on the mats, there's 18 black belts there. Everyone just wants to help you. You know, he was a black belt and he stopped training for maybe 10 years. Mm. And then he came back with a white belt oh. and no one knew. Yeah. And then like one day people just as a, as a to try being like, as a hum, you know, humble, you mm. know what I mean? Yeah. And then people were like, what? And then they gave him obviously the black yeah, belt and he made, but man, just the guy, yeah, yeah, he's an amazing guy. He traveled yeah, the world, man, and uh, yeah. training for a lot of guys, knows a lot of little tricks. Yeah, I remember uh, rolling with him. Uh, a lot of yeah. little tricks, man, kind of amazing, eh? Yeah, so yeah, like the, the biggest difference for me is it's more, more of a lifestyle, more community, it seems. The culture seems of Jiu-Jitsu is Yeah, different. the culture of there, yeah. Mm. And just because I think it's so ingrained into, into a lot of guys over there from being a kid. Mm. And yeah, they're now in the 30s, 40s, they've been a black belt, 5, 15, 20 years. Um, Maybe because they're ingrained since young age, I just have this insight right now, that's probably, it's much easier for them to, from the beginning, to see this as a game, as mm -hmm. a fun and related with that, yeah. everything, community, community yeah. and social as Rather well. Rather going for a workout. Like as a big workout, or yeah. oh, we're gonna, we're gonna do a, now it's time to fight, you know what yeah. I mean? I also think that's a cultural thing, like, because, a lot most western countries are so safe and they're so like um politically correct and they're so controlled Spaced in so many manners as well space. more space no one no one, uh. no one does this no one does that like once you now go into a real situation which is somebody gripping your throat Open. and putting your forearm on your neck and all mm. this stuff like people are stressed just coming in here mm. just coming into jiu-jitsu is really stressful for people i don't see the same stress on people's face going and doing jiu-jitsu in Brazil, in Norway, in da da da, the people are more okay with physical touch. They're more okay with stressful situations. They're more okay with argument and confrontation. Like I think everything's like so politically correct and so policed and stuff in a lot of Western countries that like when you do something real, it's scary as hell, man. You you actually feel like <gasps> like they feel anxiety coming here. And it's hard to, like, like like you're saying, I love jiu-jitsu. It's hard to love something that causes anxiety in you because you're not used to it. Do you know what I mean? They're not used to stress. They're not used to being uncomfortable. They're not used to, like, um, experiencing, you know, threat. Like, man, a lot of people in a lot of the countries, they're threatened every day. They get used to being threatened. 
they get used to me like i have to be careful watch over there and do this so just they they they're used to a different level of like animosity and and confrontation and stuff you like what we're that doing is would that wouldn't be considered threatful even yeah yeah, yeah in, in, in other countries so yes. like you, the baseline of what people are used to in like a threatening anxiety level yeah. in most of the play like people have no under no idea no understanding of the violence and the atrocity that exists in the world from western countries they have no idea it is so safe and so comfortable and when something crazy does happen it's all over the news and that's what everyone sees man this is a every every this happens every day in other countries like the, some some of the most heinous awful shit that it happens on the planet I mean, it happens every day in other countries violence and atrocity and horrible shit we're kind of like protected from that in the west especially in australia like oh that didn't happen or like we avoid it we don't talk about it mm. people don't want to talk about the realities of the world anymore and i and, and look i get that you're trying to be trying to keep everything fun and safe and all that stuff but i think when people experience real things now they can't deal with it dude you know participation awards and all this stuff oh it's all about feeling good about feeling good yeah but now when they go to jiu-jitsu and they get submitted consistently they don't want to go back or whatever because they can't deal with setback do you know what i mean yeah and, and mick for example would you would you recommend to someone to go and experience that or what was your yes, final i year? would i would go back tomorrow if i could To Brazil, oh, yeah. to Brazil, to Brazil, yeah. yeah. So, and I, I was just thinking then, so another big difference what I found is, um, I remember Thierry messaging me, and um, obviously well not Thierry, uh, so he messaged me, asked me how I was going in Brazil, whether I was enjoying it, and I, I can remember what I was thinking at the time, I, I responded to him and I said, you know what, this is going to sound strange, but it reminds me of being back home in England, two completely different countries. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But what reminded me of being back home is after training um, or just any random time of the day, Mateus's friends from the gym would just come round. Yeah. Not for anything in particular, not to have a scheduled barbecue come at this house, time. Yeah. Or go, you, you'd just have your mates drop round. And it was the same for me in England. I'd, yes. I'd always have my friends come round. I'd have like my friend Andy phone me up. Oh, I'm the boxer. Oh, I'm, I'm hungry, mate. Do you want to go for something to eat? Like 11.30 at night, we'd go for something to mm. eat. In a change yeah. of eye contact, that gathering can become a barbecue. Like, yes. But there was yeah, no plan become, whatsoever. That's, yeah. But that's not in the Aussie culture, man. Mm. No, I know. They I don't, know, they don't do that yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, so, yeah, that's... It's spontaneous team. Yeah. Spontaneity, yeah. Yeah, sp spontaneity and stuff. But, like, just in general, like... And, and even... You've, you've mentioned this before, because I think we've had this conversation or a similar one just on the mat, sitting down, whatever. Like... Even the way people physically move is different. Yes. Like the fluidity and the kind of like relaxed nature of the Brazilian style. Hips. The hip movement, Capoeira, yeah. A bit of, a bit of samba, whatever. Your samba, shaking their butt, whatever. Doing some, you know, dancing on the bottle or whatever it is. Um, what's the music called? Funk music. Bit of funk. Bit of funky. Eduardo loves a bit of funk. Not a big fan. Not a big fan. <laughs> but uh, but I respect. Anyway, but the, the the point is, is like all of that stuff. The just the relaxed nature of everything, being able to deal with the anxiety and stress of confrontation better, or whatever. Right. 
the way they physically move is different mm. it's way more relaxed it's way more athletic and and um i would say acrobatic especially more like fluid. you're saying more fluid and mm. hip exchanging and just like more aware of their body completely you know what i'm saying for sure whereas i would say like if you look at the demo like the style of wrestling or grappling that you see in australia it's very rigid man mm. it's a Think very rigid kind of like how you talked about like you turn up you're five minutes early you put the gear on you train you train hard all right good thanks guys go home it's that that's how they do jiu-jitsu whereas the jiu-jitsu st- the style of brazil is the same with the culture like it's very very interesting and like and japan's even more completely different opposite yeah. thing like where it's so very tec- organized very organized yeah, technical, methodical, methodical yeah, technically yeah. precise yeah. but then you do the chaotic, crazy Brazilian stuff and they get lost in it. You know what I mean? So it's like such an interesting thing. And that's what they talk about with MMA stuff too is, you know, styles make fights and it's a different dynamic and everything, which is true. But I just find that the, the culture directly reflects in the style of the jiu-jitsu a lot. And that's, um, yeah, like thinking back to one of the nights in Brazil, um, the the guys from Axe, Vinny and Mateus, they, they took me to... I'll really mispronounce his real name, but his nickname is Zebeliza. Zebeliza? Yeah, went, yeah, yeah, went well, to his well. gym. Yeah, went did to well. his gym. And um, afterwards, I forgot what, is it in Gavia? I've forgotten. He has one in Gavia and one in São Corrado. Right. São Corrado is um, uh, closer to Barra, yeah? Ah, right. Yeah, yep. near Rocinha. Right, well... There has two, he has two. It, it was a real small gym anyway, in the center of... Um, it was one, obviously one of them two yeah. areas. But afterwards, when we finished training, like typical, the difference between training in Brazil, training here. Came out of the gym, there's bars all along the road. Um, Vini, Eduardo's coach, uh, legend of a guy. He walks out with his geese still on, grabs a beer. He's just chatting, chatting to anyone who's walking past, still wearing his gee. Everyone's in the going out clothes, doesn't care. Everyone's like around him, having a laugh with him. So, such a good atmosphere. Like I say, can't understand a word of Portuguese. I had the best time. Yeah. <laughs> the energy. Yeah, the energy. Yeah, yeah. just the yeah. Funny yeah. man. Yeah, we're cool. Yeah, no, it's good. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's important for people to travel and experience different parts mm. of it, especially if you're from a very privileged first world nation. You need to go and see how other people live, man. Even my mum, my mum used to say this to us. Like, we were never really wealthy. We never, my mum worked super hard, looked after three kids. Like, you know, eventually got to a position where she was financially pretty good. And, you know, we went to Bali and things like that in Thailand because it's a cheaper, decent holiday you can go. But one of the main reasons that she wanted to do that was just to, to show me and my, and my siblings, like, Man, you have to understand the world's not amazing and beautiful. Like you guys are fucking super privileged. Give value for what you, you have. You, like, the, like you, that's one of the biggest you're, problems. You're, you're, ne- you're never not know the other side. So correct. They can't value. You're never. They you're never hungry. You're never. Man, you know. This is paradise. You, like I drop you off to sports things. You like. You know what are you talking about? You guys have got no idea. Uh, you got no idea. Have a look here. There's a kid with no legs begging for money or whatever. Do you know what I'm saying? This is the realities of the world. You've got the guy. The the kids in Brazil at traffic lights putting the bags of lollies and sweets on the wing uh, mirror on yeah the trying to sell stuff or whatever it's crazy or doing juggling shows or whatever yeah, yeah just no. anything to make money but right. yeah it's it's if you get the chance to go to brazil and train go it's amazing it's yeah they're so good especially yeah if you if you love your jiu-jitsu you're just gonna fit straight in it's awesome 
Yeah, I mean, I, I love to 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 go to everywhere I go, you know. Mm. Unless I had it like super rare, but normally I would take a ghee and go because the other thing you can get as well, the locals where they eat, you know, yeah. I mean, they yes. go to the That's best the restaurants, best. man, like the best prices, you know, not tourist traps, yeah. and where to go, you know, and what suburbs to hang, yeah. and they normally. Like one time I went in China and I went training. The guys, man, we're doing a barbecue. You know what I mean? Like, and that Sunday I was in the, their house and understanding and yeah, eating chicken hearts in China. I was like, okay, that's <laughs> kind and of you, funny. And you've always got like with when you go traveling and meet people through jujitsu, you've got that baseline of like you you know you're kind of gonna get on with them. On, yes, on yes. a certain level, because yes. you like the same thing. Yeah, hundred percent. There, there's that certain amount of honesty with with fellow jiu-jitsu people. Yeah, you have... There's a, there's you, a bond. You, you build, you build bonds, yeah. and you guys, we've talked about about the army and everything, like the bond they build on trust is deeper than so many other yeah. endeavors because you're actually trusting your body physically with another human being, which is a pretty vulnerable thing mm-hmm. to do with other people and that's a very, very strong bond you have to have. True. Yeah. Indeed. Well, Mick, um, always a pleasure. Uh, I... When you left, I was very happy f- because you actually went to the beach. <laughs> and that's uh, nine out of ten people's preferred one, including yeah. myself. Sunshine um, Coast, eh? Yep. Yeah. But always happy to see you. I, you I, I get along with you really well. Yeah, no, it's awesome. And, and yeah, man, we'll, see you guys enough. We'll do it for Barbie. Definitely. I'm going to visit you at the beach at some point soon. Yep. I just, I just want to ask one question before we finish. Yep. Um, like, I noticed your game evolve a fair amount since, like, being training at another gym with a bunch of other people. Mm-hmm. What was that like for you, like, just experiencing a completely different, like, teaching style and style of techniques and all that type of thing? Because, I, like, I remember you coming back a couple times and training mm-hmm. here, but I could definitely see a real, like, um, major metamorphosis or, like, an evolvement in, mm-hmm. in the style of, of your jiu-jitsu and stuff. Yeah, well, that's um, like that. It's good you picked up on that. Yeah, like I, I've always thought it's um, obviously I did my first few years here. Yeah, um, learning from yourself, Eduardo, Fred, and um, yeah, going up to going up and moving to Legacy. At, at first, it's obviously you've got you've got a couple of months where it's like, oh, this is different, that's yeah. different. But um, yeah, like Lucas Santana up at, up at Legacy, our head coach, with him being a smaller guy. He moves a lot. Yeah, like his his game is based around movement and um, not so much pressure, just just placement of limbs and framing and so yeah, a completely different style. Yeah, and it's uh, it's been good because it's kind of oh, a lot of people say I don't move much, which <laughs> I don't. So you time, add you add that. I added his into yeah. your portion yeah. already existent but I, thi- I think like the thing you're kind of almost saying as well is like you almost like added a p- like lucky for you it just happened right yep. but the style of jiu-jitsu complements your game the most because it's probably your biggest weakness from before yes yeah. it is yeah that's interesting yeah that's that's pretty much ne- hits the nail on the yeah. head like lucas's game is probably my my weakness a lot of was so, anyway was well, you know yeah, yeah. So like when I'm speaking to people about and they're saying, oh, I, I can't get this one, I can't do that. I give them advice on like how to try and beat me. It's, mm. Don't stop moving. Move, a, go around me. Don't go through me. Mm. Um, just <laughs> just bombard me, so I'm so True. I get tired. True. Don't stay still. Don't let me grab a lapel. Don't let 
just keep moving, keep your distance. And um, that's pretty much Lucas's game. Uh -huh. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, he's uh, yeah, it has been good. I mean, the the two different styles. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Well, and I tell you what, like um, this is one of the 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 I think the best guys in jiu-jitsu knows how to the timing to do but these they're good at this both you know what i mean mm. these are the amazing guys you know yeah in my opinion yeah. like the guys that can actually be heavy and have pressure and also be be super flowy and have like mm. marcelo garcia used to be like that when yeah. he was on top he used to put pressure many people don't know that but mm. he used to be like that you know what i mean uh a lot of guys you know that that that, that guy that uh trains now that's very famous that trains at uh at the AOJ, um, Tyner. Yes, yeah. man, he's the, he's the portrait of this guy. Pressure with movementation, intelligent, efficient. Mm -hmm. One of the best of the games in that kind of combination. Yeah, that's I always, I always press that button. Mm. Good. Yeah, I actually watched you competing uh, one competition. I think it was Queensland State or something like that. And I also noticed that too. Yeah. Yeah, I just thought that was an interesting thing to kind of comment on. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. Changes it, a lot. You evolved a lot, but I think it also comes down just to your attitude because if you had a different approach mentally or you didn't have the same discipline you have or you weren't so in love with jiu-jitsu and so dedicated, maybe you wouldn't improve like that either, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's a testament to your um, FIFO jiu-jitsu course. So <laughs> yep. make sure everyone gets... FIFOs, guys. Man, guys. FIFOs, what are you guys doing? What are we waiting for? They're, what are you waiting for? Sign up now today, become a black belt. Well, sign up after we've made the link and the name and the course <laughs> and everything. And, and all the stuff goes to my bank account. <laughs> yeah, all the proceeds. <laughs> now, like, yeah, thank, thank, thanks so much, um, Gothard. Really appreciate oh, um, you coming you. on. And I think a lot of people are going to get a lot out of this um, this kind of talk, man. Like, man, you got to love the shit you're doing. You let, 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 let's start with that. Let's start with that. You know what and I mean? And it almost feels like I'm like cheating because it's like so how do you how do you stay motivated i said like, i don't have to <laughs> i actually enjoy it <laughs> yeah, yeah i enjoy it yeah yeah, yeah man that's, that's figure out how to enjoy stuff guys figure yeah. out how to find something to enjoy there you go yep thanks for having me thank you so much for coming i really appreciate it Got cheers that. Awesome. thank you thanks sir thanks, thanks sir sign up now